0: Last time on Dice Funk.
1: All of these people are being methodically and slowly drained of their blood.
2: Iris, uh, n- nice to meet you. Quite a place you found yourself in.
1: <laughs> Tell us a bit about Mara Slayden.
2: So she's a
0: cleric. Um, they keep trying to get her to turn into a vampire. And she's like, oh, no, I have too much to do. Sorry, guys. Can't vampire <laughs> right now. Bye.
1: If you destroy the spine, you will have to commit mass, mass,
2: mass murder if you want to go through with this. I basically want to plunge this illusory sword into them while casting Feign Death. Veltara, you fake-stab
1: the civilian. He sees it and goes to chop you, and Roland, you make your move. Because this botch gives you an opening to uh, you use it as a holy item and cast a turn undead spell. Yes. The worm crashes into the house, the stalker, which is just a humanoid water monster, just moves its body over
3: Zoe's. She has like 30 seconds of air before she dies. Uh, He does eight damage, but he also can push the stalker 15 feet away as he hits it.
4: He wants his revenge and she's too tired to really stop him from taking it. So you look
1: down as Robin kills Azrael and you consider reaching in to try to save
4: him, but it's ultimately not worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not for nothing, but you're kind of a dick.
0: Dora wants to fly. Uh Uh-huh. To where he is. Mm Mm-hmm. Point blank, Eldritch blasts him in the chest into a mirror.
1: And just a feather of his wings touches the mirror and he vanishes.
0: I didn't think it would work. Oh my God.
1: And then there is a mighty thunderous crashing exploding noise as the tower collapses on top of you.
4: Coincidentally, it's also a world with magic freezers in it. <laughs> You're never gonna let that go, are you? I'll never let it go. It's, it's gonna be on my tombstone. It's gonna be an epitaph. I don't really get the freezers. They seem to come out of nowhere.
0: It could have been like an ice box. Like a fancy ice box.
1: It's literally just like a box someone put a magic ice crystal in. It's not a big deal. Uh in
4: and out of character, I am staring at this ice box, scorning it with my eyes, just glowering at this thing like you shouldn't be here.
1: You know what's funny is that that's actually a pretty well known thing about historical fiction is that audiences uh, expect certain things from certain times and are willing to overlook other anachronisms, even if like they are just as glaring. So for, it's, for example, um, people think of like samurais as only using swords, but they have actually used bows much more often, and when they and when, when guns were introduced, they adopted them pretty frequently, but you never see samurais really favoring guns, right, in popular culture.
3: When it comes to anachronisms in fantasy, there's like this weird tolerance for certain things that make no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But other things that definitely existed, like depending on what, what time frame you're talking about, gunpowder, mm-hmm. it's really likely that it would have been there in some capacity, but they're like, no, that doesn't make sense to have cannons or otherwise like why not i don't know yeah people are weird
4: and everyone can we all agree every time stan lee shows up now in the movie it kind of just takes you out of it right like you're (laughs) kind of just staring at you like that's stan lee my immersion's broken
1: absolutely um so i kind (laughs) of wanted to start with the immediate aftermath of the tower falling on top of dora but that feels like a weird tonal transition right now don't you agree
3: So, so we need something wackier, is what you're saying. Mm. Hmm. What's what's the wackiest thing we could start on right now?
1: Let's start in the Ninsen Chapel. I think that's Uh-oh. an exciting place right now because you guys pulled off a really cool move while Roland was being held down by three paladins.
2: You say that Ro- Roland pulled off a really cool move. I tried to pull a really cool <laughs> move off and did not. <laughs>
1: The idea was sound. The bluff was strong, but the roll did not back you up. He saw that the sword was fake. He went to attack you, but he left his stance wide open. Roland jumped in, touched the sword, and set off. Turn undead, and then everyone failed their saving throw. <laughs> yep. So as you can see on roll 20, here's the situation. Roland Hawklight, Veltari, and Mara Slayden are in the middle of the room. Galen drops his sword in surprise as turn undead washes over all of the vampires in the room. He is forced to retreat in one direction, and the three nameless vampire paladins retreat in the other. Um, so let's roll initiative.
2: I have an initiative of three. 19.
1: Uh, Roland has a 16 for initiative. All right, so the order is Mara, Roland, Vampires, Valtari. So Mara, what do you do as vampires start scrambling for cover?
0: I hope this isn't too extreme, but uh I'm gonna cast uh I'm gonna cast hold person on Galen all right uh wisdom save versus seventeen How's
4: seven? Nope, no dice maybe it is. Hold on. it might be seven seventeen. they sound similar. It's it's a real late to
1: start a running joke, but, but we've done it in this season. Um, so, Roland, it's your turn as Galen Kaedun's arms clamp to his side. He is held captive.
3: His sword is at your feet. Roland uh, moves to pick up the sword and holds it in his hands and just sort of stares down at Galen a bit. You should have cut off my fingers when you had the chance. <laughs> Galen says... I should have known. You're only
4: competent when you're
3: fucking me over. (laughs) I am
4: choosing to read into the subtext of that, by the way.
3: (laughs) You brought this upon yourself. But first, I need to take care of something. And then Roland is going to take the sword, use it as a holy symbol to cast a spell, Crusader's Mantle. So it's a third level spell. It basically means that Roland... Uh, Mara, and Veltari, all three of them, do plus 1d4 radiant damage on any weapon hits they make for the next minute while he maintains concentration. Alright, so now it is the vampire's turn. The three
1: nameless vampires are forced to flee from turn undead, so they run deeper into the chapel to get away from our heroes, they they are not in a good position emotionally. They're kind of freaking out right now, but they are going to draw their swords. They can't attack you this turn because they are turned, but they will next turn. Uh, Galen is going to try to bust out of his hold person. Uh, five. He does not succeed. He is still held by <laughs> Mara. He rolled a five. Suck it. <laughs> Do you say that in character?
0: Yeah. Mara's going to plant him and go, suck it.
3: You suck it. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, like, suck it. Oh, wait, you can't, because you can't move.
1: I'm a vampire. Suck it is, like, how we greet each other. It's a term of endearment.
2: That's not the way I meant it. (laughs) Veltara, your turn. The problem I have is all of the things that I would normally do in this situation have already been done by the team. It's like, oh, I'd use fear to make them run away. Oh, they're already running and not in a good position. Oh, I'll keep them in position with a hypnotic pattern. Oh, they're already being... Held in position. Uh, I think as a result, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna try and do the the. I'm gonna use the sword again, and I know that you're probably gonna grumble <laughs> at me for that, Roland. But I want to go and try and uh, try and stab a uh, doom with the sword.
3: Well, you have advantage on the attack roll since he is paralyzed. So yeah, Roland has a problem with attacking someone who's helpless, but that doesn't mean Veltari has a problem attacking someone who's basically helpless.
2: Twenty-one.
3: Twenty-one hits.
2: Six damage. I finally hit someone with the sword.
3: There's radiant damage baked in there, so...
1: Yeah, there's one point of radiant damage. You run up Veltari and you stab Galen while he is held, and it looks like it's... Minor inconvenience would be an overstatement. He doesn't even stop staring
3: at Roland.
2: I'm I'm fine. Veltari is fine. She's just happy she finally hit... She finally hit someone with the sword. So uh
3: do you do your second attack too? Uh
2: 26. <laughs> yep. 10 damage. So that's 16 damage overall.
1: Only 5 of which was radiant. Yeah. You plunge your sword into him. The first one gets like an inch into his body and then you push it in a little harder and he kind of just glances over you You're like, "I'm in the middle of something right now, hun. Can you come <laughs> back? I'm trying to have a showdown with my mortal enemy." What do you you're being, a, you're being a real buzzkill
3: right now, lady. <laughs> um, Mara, it's your turn. Well, I mean, you can't do damage, but there's other things that you can do. Um... Mara, what is up with your character? You're a
1: cleric. You Last episode, you didn't really explain what that meant. You didn't even mention that you were a human.
0: Uh, uh, but the vow path pac- pacifism is um, it disappears if I cause any damage, but it gives me um, extra AC, an advantage on saves, and I'm immune to fear.
3: Mara is a human cleric of the Peace Domain, is what she is.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just going to say fuck being a pacifist for today. I mean, you can. Isn't Roland at, like, half health?
3: Yeah, I'm at 41 hit points right now out of 100.
0: Then, I'm yeah, I'm going to heal Roland.
3: You're close enough where you can use Cure Wounds, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to use Cure Wounds.
3: All right. That puts him up quite a bit there, so.
0: I healed Roland for
3: 29. All right, Roland, your turn. Roland will turn towards one of the minions, move in, and even though he does not have sacred weapon tapped onto his weapon, he is going to uh, throw down an attack with that weapon. I'm just double-checking my attack bonus. It's plus seven. Okay, so attacking one of the paladins with the sword. 23 on the attack roll. That hits. 15 damage on the first attack against him, only two of which is
1: Radiant. Yep, you slash him with the big sword. He puts his arm up and blocks it, and it goes, like, halfway in, but he smirks at you. He's then going to attack again.
3: Only a 10 on the second attack roll, though, so it's a miss.
1: So now it is the vampire's turn. Uh, first, let's see if Galen saves against 17. Uh, Yep, he crits, in fact. Oops. Now, that is at the end of his turn, though. I don't think he can move, but he can do other things. The important thing is Galen shakes himself out of his hold person mm-hmm. that he was under. The three... Uh, Paladins are going to attack the three player characters, so here's Roland, attack, attack, 24 and 11. Uh, Both are going to hit. Oh, dang. Roland had, didn't have a chance to get armor on. 23 damage. Uh, here is Mara, 23, 13, 24 damage, 20 and 12 on Valtari.
2: Uh, yeah, the 20 hits.
1: Uh, 20 damage to you, Valtari.
2: Ooh, okay.
1: <laughs> and it is your turn.
2: Uh, I have one quick question. I know that radiant damage is effective against vampires and uh, doesn't automatically heal. What about psychic damage? In
1: character, you don't know that necessarily unless you want to roll Arcana. Nine. Uh, you're not sure. But from what you've seen, blades don't do it. And also, I think you've probably seen a vampire movie.
2: Yeah. I've, I've seen vampire movies, I'm like, they have brains, maybe I can hurt their brains, I don't know if their brains heal out of universe anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, in that case, I'm going to cast Hypnotic Pattern, so you've got to do a wisdom save.
1: Uh, Oops, and double oops. Yeah, both uh, Galen and the minions fail.
2: Okay, so everyone is currently just staring at the pretty lights. Yep. And that's my turn.
1: Mara, it's your turn.
0: Um, so I'm going to say, fuck being a pacifist, mm-hmm. and I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on Galen. It's a dex save versus 17.
1: Uh fail. I rolled a four.
0: No, ma'am. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's 14 radiant damage.
1: Nice. You blast him with Sacred Flame in a nice reversal of Warden Light blasting Theodora, your character, in the other scenario. <laughs> I like that parallel. Uh, Roland, your turn.
3: Uh yeah, so Roland's going to attack the uh, Paladin adjacent to him again. Then first attack hits, um, mm-hmm. twenty six damage, four of which is radiant. Second attack was eleven and thirteen, so both miss. Correct. All right, so
1: Vampire's turn. Here's what happens. Uh, the Sacred Flame hits Galen. Uh, that does hurt him very badly, and that will not heal. Uh, but it also knocks him out of Hypnotic Pattern. So he sees the situation, which is three people, two of which clearly have holy magic. He has no weapon, and he has been repeatedly held personed and hypnotic patterned, and he runs out the doors.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
1: you guys know that that exit that he goes out is not the front, the one where people come in to like pray at the chapel. It's the side exit that goes into the cemetery. Which I described last episode as, instead of gravestones, there's just rows and rows of the merciful swords driven blade down into the ground to mark the graves. Mm. And that is where he is going.
2: Is he still in sight?
1: Uh, no, he goes through the doors, and they close behind him. Okay. Uh, One of the paladins is no longer hypnotic patterned because uh, Roland slashed him. So he's going to attack Roland. 19. And botch. Oops. Yeah, the, the second attack will miss, but the first one does hit. So he does 17 damage, and the botch is he
4: slashes you and he leaves his stance open, so you get an attack on him. 14. Uh, that misses. Alternatively, what if the botch was he accidentally cut Roland's bag of rice that he keeps at his pot, like in his belt, and all the grains of rice fall out, so the vampire, of course, has to stop and count all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say
1: that it it pours out and fixes everyone's wet cell
4: phones. (laughs) Well, that too. It does that too. It has two effects. It, he has to count them all, and then everyone's cell phone, yeah.
1: Veltari, it's your turn, but with your incredible passive perception, I want to say that you hear something on the stairs to the basement.
2: Okay, and the only people that we we were aware of downstairs previously were the injured people who were being drained of blood and the person who was tending to their wounds. Iris. Yeah, Iris, who was tending to them. hmm
1: yeah, Iris is in the basement too.
2: Uh, okay, I'm going to go for the go for the basement. I, I I go and run to the basement and see what the sound is.
1: All right, so you open the door to the basement and you see uh crawling up the stairs are several dead-eyed zombies? Question mark. Uh
2: is Iris still down there?
1: <laughs> you don't see her. There's th- there's three bodies with dead eyes crawling on hands and feet like quadrupeds like dogs coming up the stairs at you
2: okay i shout down there I sit you down there
1: <laughs> she says i'm helping
2: oh these good zombies
1: they push past you
2: hey guys we got good zombies <laughs> uh do i have any movement left <laughs> at
1: this point Yeah, you just took two steps to the right and opened the door.
2: Okay, Uh, in that case, can I go with my previous plan? Can I run to the door that uh, Galen went through and hopefully see him from there?
1: Yeah, you run over to the door and you push it open with your full force and you see he has run over to the cemetery and he yanks one of the big swords out of the ground that was previously a grave marker.
2: Is he still within 30 feet? Yeah. Okay, I wish to cast Compulsion... So he's gonna do a wisdom saving throw. Crit. Mmm. I do not successfully compel him.
1: <laughs> that is true. I think it's your turn, Mara.
2: Okay. Um, I wanna try a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so I got this little spell here called flame strike. hmm Uh, so each creature in a 10 foot radius, 40 foot high cylinder, uh has to make a dexterity saving throw, so I'm gonna cast it on. The vampires?
3: Four. Oh, shit. Well.
0: Um, Let's see. So I have to do 4d6. Fire and 4d6 radiant. So there's 12 for, I guess, fire. And 16 for radiant.
1: You turn. There's the three paladins standing shoulder to shoulder to shoulder. Two of them are unharmed, and one is slashed a couple times but healing. And suddenly a column of holy flame rises out of the ground. Uh, One of them is just reduced to ash and incinerated and dead. The other two are badly scorched and pretty frightened because they think themselves invincible and now suddenly you're lighting them on fire <laughs> and it hurts very badly.
0: Ram, take that.
1: Uh, you lose your vow of pacifism. I already did. <laughs> pacifism, yeah. I'm just making sure that it's clear that you have re- <laughs> your vow of pacifism lasted
3: 30 seconds after you mentioned that it existed.
0: She's hot headed.
3: Roland, your turn. So the two paladins that remain, uh, Roland is going to attack one of them. Twenty-two to hit. Hits. Uh, he is going to um, expend a level one spell slot to smite, mm-hmm. uh, but it's thirty damage. Thirteen of it is radiant against one of them.
1: All right. So you run over and you just actually you describe it to me. What do you do to this guy because he just got blasted for thirty uh, radiant damage and you just did thirty
3: more damage to him? He, he just he stares down the the paladin and says. You don't know how to use the sword properly, and then just jams it straight through his chest before arcing it upwards past his shoulder to kind of just rip through his rib cage and shoulder and effectively stake him through the heart and otherwise. And then he's going to attack against the other one. Mm-hmm. Twenty-six. That hits. Uh, he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any level one spell slots to use for divine smite, so he's going to use a level two spell slot instead. <laughs> Forty-three damage. Um. 24 of that is radiant damage. Yep. And that one he basically has the uh, the sword arc up in the air, turn and then slash down through the torso of the other vampire.
1: Roland, you you finished two vampires off in a single turn. I um let's see. It's vampire's turns. Galen runs towards Veltari who's standing in the doorway and is going to attack you. Yeah. Uh attack, attack, 25 and 10.
2: 25 hits.
1: Uh 16 damage.
2: Yep, that's some more damage I took.
1: <laughs> How much health are you at?
2: I, I've still got, I've still got like, I can take another couple of hits probably and be okay. I'm I'm not like, I'm not on death's door yet.
1: <laughs> All right, so Mara and Roland, you guys banded together to fight the unnamed paladins while Veltari is fighting Galen at the door. But now there are zombies in the room mm-hmm. and they hook towards Veltari and they're going to beat you there. And they're surrounding Veltari and Galen. Uh, Mara, it's your turn.
0: Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try a sacred flame on one of the zombies all right so that's a save against 17
1: the zombie fails and you, you hit him with radiant flame
0: 13 damage
1: all right you do 13 damage to the one I said zombie question mark you're not exactly sure what's up with him but you hit it with fire and
3: it turns and it looks like it's gonna come after you now
0: okay
3: in your turn Roland is only down to 30 hit points right now, and has no armor, so he's basically in a very vulnerable position. Roland is going to use one of his second level spell slots to cast Magic Weapon on the sword he has on hand, which now converts it into a Magic Weapon, so now it's a, you know, Magic Buster Sword, so no longer does non-magical damage. It's not radiant damage, but at least it beats, you know, those things. He uh he's gonna move in towards where Veltari is to move in close enough so he can swing the sword down at Galen past Veltari. Yep. Uh, first attack is a botch. So, uh,
1: so Veltari and Roland are d- are basically double teaming Galen. It's a cool duel of the fates sword fight between two on one, and Roland's botch means he accidentally hits Veltari. Shit. I think Galen definitely helps that. He like baits the swing
3: and then ducks out of the way. That's 21 damage.
2: Uh I'm I'm still alive, but not by much. Uh
3: Roland's second attack is 21 against Galen. That hits. Uh Roland's going to expend um his last second level spell slot. Mm-hmm. 36 damage, all magical, with with 14 of it being specifically radiant. Nice. You slash him
1: deep. From one end of the torso to the other, cutting his, through his armor. That looks like a, t- a terrible, nasty slash you do in retaliation for his trick, making you hit Valtari. Uh, now it is NPC turns. Uh, two zombies uh, attempt to tackle Galen. Here's Galen's strength check. 12. And here's the zombies. 12. And 16. So they uh, he has grappled as two of the zombies grab his arms. Uh, the third one was hit by Sacred Flame, so it attacks Mara. Bear. Uh, six nope not even good not even slightly close it punches you right in your incredibly armored body Veltara your turn
2: okay while Galen is pinned down I want to try casting banishment which was one of my new spells I picked up last level mm-hmm. uh you've got to do a charisma saving throw
1: 17
2: Hmm. You are just charismatic enough to not be banished. Valtari is not having good luck today.
1: Nope. You Uh, strum your guitar at him, and he grimaces as magic washes over him, and two zombies pull on his arms, but he fights through it.
3: Uh, Mara, your turn. It looks like the zombies at least are helping us when it comes to Galen.
2: As as a heads up, I have, like, two or three HP, so... Yeah, Mm. I
0: think (laughs) I'm gonna... Mm. Do cure wounds. I'm gonna do it at a fourth level mm-hmm. on Veltari.
3: Uh, and you, actually, you could get Roland in the same turn by using a healing word because that's a bonus action.
0: That's twenty-seven for Veltari. Thank you. You are very welcome. Um, and then I'll use healing word on Roland. That's eleven.
3: It's a little bit, but it does help. All right. <laughs> All right.
1: So Mara has to move out of the zombies. Uh, area of influence to lay hands on Beltari which means she's gonna take an opportunity attack uh, 11 nope Nope. the zombie just punches at your armor
0: I'm like okay dude calm down come
1: on
0: <laughs> I wanna hit you
1: <laughs> it's just an ensanguinated man it's yeah. <laughs> it, like you look at a good look at these things cause he's up in your grill it's just one of the guys from downstairs who's had his blood drained slowly over weeks and he's got up and he's trying to punch you
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, Roland, your turn.
3: Uh, ro- uh, so let's see. Galen is still struggling, still fighting back. He still looks pretty threatening, despite being tackled down by the zombies. So
1: he has a pretty big uh, wound on his chest, and each of his arms are g- grappled by a zombie right now.
3: Roland's not going to attack him outright, but he's gonna just—he's gonna look down to Galen and simply ask, "So, why did you do it?" Why did you sell out the order to Danto?
1: Galen says, I didn't have a choice. It was join or die.
2: Well, there's always the extra option of get badass enough that you don't die. You know, find some, find some people to stand up with you so you don't die. And I'm not a vampire. You know, seems to be working all right for us.
1: Easy to say from your position, just nearly having your <laughs> guts spilled in here. Real badass.
2: Oh, nearly, but not. There's a very important difference.
3: You made one big mistake. You decided to go after the people I care about. I thought that you were simply a zealot. I thought that you were simply trying hard to uphold duty. But now, you're even more pathetic than I remember. He just spits on your face. Roland then proceeds to attack him in the chest. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, first attack hits. That's 23 magical damage. Ouch. And then the second one... Ah, shit. I I was like, I wanted to save the bonus damage on the second one, but no. Oh, well. Not gonna retcon it. You give him another great slash, so he
1: has a huge bleeding X across his chest. Mm -hmm. But the second one uh, doesn't get through his armor, uh, and it is Vampire's turn. He's gonna attempt to throw the zombies off. He got 16. They got 8 and 5. He throws them to the ground, and they are... Dungeon rings. Veltari.
2: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to try one more time to cast banishment on him.
1: I got to do a charisma saving throw. He's not very car- yep. charismatic. 16.
2: 16, so that matches.
1: Uh so R- Ty goes to the roller. He is not banished again. And in fact, uh at this point it's pretty clear that he looks at you and he's you're his next target. He's planning to kill you on his next turn.
2: Ha
0: <sighs> yeah. Mara. I'm going to Sacred Flame him. Why not?
3: Right now, right in his stupid face?
0: Right in his stupid face. Uh, I'm going to say, I never liked you. Four. Nope. You done fucked up.
3: 2d8 plus 5 damage.
0: And in case you didn't get it earlier, I'm going to put him and go, I never liked you. And it's 10 damage.
1: <laughs> Only 10 damage. you hit him with Flame right in the face. He's pretty messed up right now. Uh, he's been slashed several times, he's been set on radiant fire, he's having a very bad day, but it's your- it's his turn, he's going to attack Veltari, cause she keeps starting shit, uh, crit,
2: uh oh, uh oh, yeah, that- that hits, Yep. Yeah. mm-hmm, <laughs> come on, bad rolls, bad rolls,
1: uh, 21 damage, wow,
2: yeah, I- I am alive, but, mm, ouch,
1: Okay, so you how much hp do you have?
2: I'm down to 6 again.
1: All right, he has a second attack. 18. Yep.
2: Yeah. What is the threshold for dead?
1: It's hp equivalent to your max and minus mathematically
3: he can't hit that, but Yeah, he, 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 math, math, mathematically the most he could do is just take you out. Uh 20 damage. Okay. Yeah, so you're unconscious.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am unconscious.
1: How do you want to take this? Because you're going to have a lasting injury from this.
2: I I wanted to like take some kind of visible injury to the face, like something that is going to be like, this is going to leave a mark for a bit.
1: Do you have a specific idea in mind? Because I don't want to, I want you to have the coolest scar that you can have. (laughs)
2: I'm thinking maybe something that like, you know, a scar that goes across the forehead, maybe across one eye. So one eye is not opening quite as well as it did before. Something like that.
1: Yeah. The classic eye patch scar.
2: Yeah, nice no, eye, patch, girl.
1: Alright, he slashes you across the face and you go down. I split, and it is Mara's turn.
0: I'm just gonna just gonna sacred flame him again because it's free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is free. Cantrips.
0: Yeah, it's free and it's fire, so hey. Nine. Uh Mara's gonna go, Fuck you. Fourteen.
1: Holy snaps. Alright, you just set him on fire now. This isn't you didn't you didn't hit him with fire, you set him on fire. His golden flames erupt across his body with your anger, and the zombies at his feet uh, start catching on fire, too, because he just goes up like a candle, and he turns to Roland, and he says, so is this that justice shit you're always talking about? Outnumbering people three to one and setting them on fire?
3: Justice works in weird ways, (laughs) It works in fantastically ironic ways. And he's going to attack. Uh, first attack is a fourteen. I'm gonna assume it's a miss. Correct. Uh, eighteen does eighteen hit
1: him? Yes, and he had three health. I think ma- mathematically you've won. So tell me what you do.
3: Well, uh, I'm still gonna blow off my last spell slot on smite because fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Roland just Roland braces the sword after missing. Galen uh does a you know sort of reverse grip and then braces and arcs the sword. Straight up through the body of Galen, uh, from between his legs, up <laughs> through the rest of his body, up through the center of his face.
1: I don't know if I'd call that a merciful sword necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Order of the Vindictive Sword. Yeah, and he, he does 37 damage. <laughs> his brain hits the ceiling. So Roland does that, is <clears throat> standing panting uh, out some, you know, strained breaths, and then sort of collapses down to one knee next to Valtari. Mari, can you... Uh, can you take care of her first?
0: Yep, yep, I'm away.
3: <sighs> All right, so the two
1: uh, zombified, quote-unquote, people on the ground stand up and just stand over the smoking half parts of Galen's body. Uh, the third zombie keeps just punching at Mara ineffectively. We, she, it, That zombie has missed like three times. So just the story is now that it can't hurt you through your armor as you walk over to heal Veltari. It just keeps punching you in the back.
0: I'm just like, no, uh, okay.
1: Uh, Roland's nearly down. He's bleeding. He's all messed up. His uh, shoulder wound in particular is just gushing blood. Veltari has half an eye and she's unconscious. Um, we're going to leave that scene now as you guys pick mm-hmm. yourself up. But you won. That pretty crazy boss fight.
2: Yay! Yep.
3: That took took literally everything I had resource-wise, so good times, good times. It was supposed to be tough, but I
1: feel like you er you definitely could say you earned that one.
3: Oh, yes, absolutely.
1: All right, so there's a couple of scenes I want you to picture. One is Theodora flying in the stairwell in the sacrum. She uses Eldritch Blast. To push Warden Light into the mirror. And right before the tower comes down. She looks up and makes eye contact. With Grace Rosemary. And there's just an unspoken moment of horror. That passes from Grace to Theodora. And then there is a flash of scales and wings. And then the tower goes down. And in Hawthorne House... The sound of the collapsing tower immediately snaps Mardis Valamin and Claudia Rock out of their concentration, <laughs> and the stalker, sensing a moment, slithers away as the sound of the collapsing tower takes everyone in the whole town's concentration. Uh, downstairs, Claire Elise Legrand and Robin Rock hear it as well. Uh, Robin retakes elf shape. And then scoops up the mask with his gooey arm and slaps it over his goo. And it adds flesh where there was only goo. And he retakes elf form. Um, And they run outside. Claudia carries Zoe's unconscious body up to the roof. And Martis follows. And they watch from the top of Hawthorne House as the tower crumbles. Uh, Everyone in the whole town comes out to watch. Sylvia walks out of her house. Ishmael turns from where he was chasing after Dora and he sees it. Uh, just every character we've met and plenty of other people we haven't, just random patrons in Tarsus. Uh, Carrie and Penny look out the windows. It's just a uniting moment as everyone watches the symbol of the town implode in on itself in a shower of dust. And the sound is, it carries from one end to the other. And then there's just a stunned silence. No one knows what to say or what to do. Uh, Sketch, you control Martis. And Chris, you control Claire if you want to do anything. Uh, you also can control Zoe, who is currently unconscious,
4: but can wake up if she wants. Uh, I just wanted to note. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been on a call. Uh, NASA <laughs> says, and they explained this for a while. So I'm going to trust their numbers, even though it doesn't make sense. But seven is apparently not higher than 17. Hmm. Mm. So I think we should put that on like a wiki or something. We can fact check that. I think.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't generally trust NASA, so that might be. Uh...
4: No answers. Something awful. That's what it stands for. Um, I make that joke because I want Zoe to wake up and to help uh juxtapose what is uh going to be a somewhat sad scene for Zoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, is you know she comes to. That's sort of the first sight she'll see is the the tower going down. And that moment of realizing that she she failed in this and there's uh, essentially going to be a a moment of her clearly having a lot of conflicting emotions, but it only lasts for a moment before she essentially like hops out of uh, Claudia's arms and starts basically running towards the edge of the roof. Yeah and casts haste on herself all right wild magic (laughs) seven lucky number seven which is not higher than 17 huh
1: okay this isn't uh, a big uh game-changing one this is more of a flavor one uh it says synesthesia oh geez do you know what that means
2: that that's a really interesting thing that i have some of
1: (laughs) and now zoe has Mm mm-hmm uh do you want to explain to the audience
2: the the short version is like you have weird crossover of senses that can manifest in different ways like for me certain colors have tastes and temperatures and other scents related to them because sometimes the brain just crosses over different senses for no reason
1: and so I think now Zoe, in addition to being sad during this scene, maybe you can also taste sad or hear sad and just <laughs> experience the full spectrum of your sadness. So yeah, feel free to work that into your role play.
4: Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I haven't decided what I'll do with that exactly, but uh, I'll keep that in mind and that will cop, uh, pop up a little later on. But uh, Zoe is using this haste to just run basically full fledged off the Hawthorne house uh, in the direction of the tower. Yep. Uh, And before she would essentially, like, hit the ground and break her body more than it already is, (laughs) uh, she'll cast Misty Step to, like, just teleport to the ground and just try to keep stride, which is another magic, wild magic roll. Of course it is, yeah. You're like, I took a two-day nap, now it's nothing but spells. I have have so many spells I need to blow. 14.
1: Okay. Interesting. I don't know. (laughs) Um... You're getting all the flavor ones today. Oh, actually, no. This one this one could have potential uh, mechanical
3: ramifications. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, it says hemophilia. <laughs> what? Does anybody want to explain what that means? She's
4: afraid
3: of blood? Oh, no. Hemophilia means that your blood doesn't clot normally. So if you get a cut, you just keep on bleeding. Oh, yep. So if you
1: take slashing or piercing damage, you will continue to take that every turn.
4: That seems bad
1: in her current condition. <laughs> you could have rolled uh, hit dice during your nap. So you're not in danger of dying. All your wounds are closed. Okay. But you have, you do have lasting injuries. If you
4: want to describe like maybe the way you're running to the sacrum to highlight them. Uh, yeah. So Zoe has two lasting injuries because she got dropped to zero twice in essentially the span of a couple hours. So the first major injury is her leg, which uh, was broken uh, that fall. Uh, from henceforward, it's not going to heal perfectly right, and Zoe will always have a rather noticeable kind of limp when she walks, uh, which basically mechanically just reduces uh, walking speed and running speed, so... Thanks, Theodora. The second one's Theodora's fault, too. So, the second one is uh, that shot that, that took her down from that the, the tree. In my mind, I flavored it that it was like a shot through the back that basically caused her to lose her grip. <laughs> uh, and that shot Again, it's not going to heal fully properly, so Zoe will have uh, reduced uh, range of movement in that arm uh, from henceforward, which basically mechanically will mean uh, disadvantage on attack rolls with, like, a melee weapon or things like that. And then there'll be smaller, you know, unfortunate side effects to it. And strike checks as well. Sorry. I mean,
1: A, you're mostly a spellcaster, and B, we can work that in, in a lot of interesting flavor ways.
4: So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. You run over to the, to the rubble. Is that where you're going? Yeah, she's she's going full bore as fast as she can towards the tower.
1: All right. So you're the first on the scene. Everyone's going to make their way over here eventually. This is the most important moment in the history of Ilium. Uh, But first on the scene is Zoe Legrand. And what you see is the cloud of, like, dust and debris. And then there is the layer of rubble under it. And in the middle of all this, there is the orb that used to be on top of the tower And it is just sitting like perfectly in the middle of the rubble. And I want you to roll investigation because the rubble is still settling and there are things to find. So I don't know how well you
4: find them. Oh, that's not going to go very well. 16. That's actually surprisingly well. It went very well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you you run into the dust and you're climbing over the rubble and some of it's settling under you and there's still things that are like falling and moving, but most of the danger has passed. And with a 16, you notice both of the important things. One is that mixed in with all of the wall material, all the, the stone, there are shards of glass just everywhere. It's a soup of stone and glass just all mixed together. And the second thing is where the orb is, There is something else kind of under it and to the side. It's almost like there's a second orb, um, but it's a weird, like light bluish color. Um, But it's also kind of covered by the rubble in a way that you wouldn't have noticed necessarily because the orb is shooting out light. It is basically the sun of Ilium. So uh, it's incredibly bright to just walk right into it. So you kind of approach it from the side. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just side effect is the whole town just experienced an almost
4: total blackout. Uh, I will approach this, uh, glowing blue orb, uh, cautiously, though. All right, you do so,
1: and you are immediately struck by, uh, the cold coming off of it. Hmm. Okay, I... Not in a dangerous way, just it's cold. The orb is, there's a huge orb shooting light, and that, there's no feeling coming off it. It's not hot. And then there's a cold orb slightly under it in the rubble.
4: Uh, I'll have Zoe, uh... Like wrap her hand up with something first and then uh, uh, try to grab the orb.
1: Yeah, it's too big for Zoe to lift. It's about it's it's bigger than a person. Um, And there's a very specific reason you see for that as you try to like touch and investigate the orb, which is that it's basically like an ice egg within which
4: there is a person. (laughs) Oh, Uh can I see into the egg to see what the person is or like a silhouette of them?
1: Yeah, you. I mean, you look at it and you you peer th- into it. It's not um, opaque or anything. There is the kind of fetal position uh, form of Grace Rosemary frozen inside this ice. And she is also entangled in a bunch of serpent heads. Uh, Zoe will call out to Grace. Uh, she appears to be frozen inside of this egg. Uh, Zoe will call out to Warden
3: Light. You receive no answer. This is bad. <laughs> it's very bad. Chances are likely that Martis fought, ran after Zoe as soon as she ran away. Yeah, Martis is second on the scene. He's quick because of all the sky magic stuff that he has lacing through him. He's like, Zoe, you've. I didn't know you're gonna run off that fast. Huh? Um, what do you see around here?
4: Uh, just the broken glass and the tower, and there's Grace. She's, she's an egg. I I haven't heard one light, but and uh, then she's gonna call out for Dora. You received no answer.
3: I don't know what happened. Well, the the t- the tower's gone, but let's uh, let's make sure Grace is okay first. Uh, Martis is going to. Uh, look at the frozen egg that she's in and do an arcana check on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural 20, 28. Crit. You
1: know everything, which is Grace got her hands on the first frost, and the hydra that is bound to it cast a protective ice spell on her, a freezing sphere, which protected her from the tower falling on her, and you can see through it that the hydra is frozen inside with her. And also among the serpents are is the Quattle, which presumably brought the first frost to her from wherever Light had it.
3: I think she's alive, but we just need to, well, get her out of that, unless it's going to go off on its own before too long.
1: Uh, with a crit, you know that this is a spell that will wear off eventually. She's not stuck in there
3: forever. And then Martus is going to mutter to himself before looking around and probably noticing something about the barrier. Or is there a barrier anymore? Okay, Uh, I was going to let you guys kind of uh,
1: compare notes before we got there, but this is as good a time as any. As everyone in the town slowly makes their way to the rubble and everyone starts talking and comparing notes and like, what happened? Oh, I saw a fall. Like, it's great. Uh, Who's that? Uh, You know, everyone's just basically catching up to speed. Uh, Suddenly, there is a noticeable effect on the barrier around Ilium. I've seen a lot of speculation on how the barrier would go away if it did. And no one quite hit what I had in mind, which is that because the barrier, as we call it, is a f- physical manifestation of the abstract concept of guilt, it does not move in a f- way we think of things physically moving. Hmm. It does not rotate. It does not slide. It does not spin. It becomes blurry almost Uh, It moves fourth dimensionally, as it were, as the the world of forms moves in relation to the world of physical. And so as all of you watch around you, what was once the Aurora, the beautiful light show that encased the town, it almost like smears across the sky. It It just infuses everything around it as it loses solidity. It is splashed Across the sky and everything around it and across the fields of flowers and overhead and up into space. And then when you're just having trouble perceiving this phenomenon because it does not exist in all the dimensions that you can see, uh, it is gone. And Ilium is just a rural town outside of a bigger kingdom with nothing special about it anymore.
4: Zoe's going to start digging through the rubble. (laughs) Yeah. She's trying to find any sign of Warden Light or Dora at this point.
3: Martis is going to use planar sensitivity to see if he senses any celestial beings in the area. Only Grace. Martis is going to look at Zoe and move over to kneel down by her and put a hand on her shoulder and says, "Uh, If you're digging around for for light i don't think he's here i would have noticed him if he was um theodora
0: what's up
1: (laughs) you wake up where am i uh as far as you can tell you are underwater huh it is black water as far as the eye can see and you are so deep you cannot even sense the surface in any direction but you can breathe. Obviously, you're amphibious, so it's not it's not a yeah. uh, upsetting thing to, for you to awaken underwater. It almost feels comfortable and familiar, actually. Can I speak? Yes, Gammy. Um, in response to your beckoning, an eye opens up in front of you. You can't see the ends of this eye, the bottom or the top. When the the blackness opens in front of you, it's just You can see the cracks and the crevices in the eyeball. You know what I'm saying? Like the pupil. So big. It's all enveloping. You were just overwhelmed by the size of it. And Ganador stares at you and says, Well done.
0: Oh, I did it?
1: You have succeeded beyond
5: my wildest imagination.
0: (laughs) I told you I would do it for you.
5: I have heard... Many promises and reassurances. When you have lived for as long as I have, it is not as easy to trust.
0: Yeah, I understand that.
5: So what will you do now, my avatar?
0: Well, what's my next mission? (laughs) What do you need me to do?
5: I relish your enthusiasm. (laughs) There is something that you can do for me. I need you to find out what has arrived.
0: What do you mean, what has arrived?
5: Guilt has left our world, and something has come to take its place. If it is war, I want to be astride its chariot. If it is disease, I wish to be the only one with the cure. If it is fire, I wish to watch the world burn from the highest tower. I need you to find out what has arrived so that I can be the only one
1: to possess it.
0: You got it, boss.
1: <laughs> uh, Dora, you realize now that this water, the way you're perceiving it, it you are just in Gonador's realm wherever it is now. Uh, you were, as the tower fell, sucked into the book that you carry with you. Oh. Uh, which is a portal to Ganador's realm, which used to be stuck inside of the barrier. The barrier is gone now, so Gonador's realm can be wherever he wants it to be. Gonador says to you, I have gifted you
5: innumerable powers. I hope you will find them useful.
0: I appreciate anything you give me, Ganny.
1: <laughs> uh, Lauren and I have worked on your on Dora's character sheet. We're going to keep that a secret for now because it's a secret to the player characters. and I think they should be surprised if and when conflict pops off. Uh, but the thing that everyone should know you have now is plane shift, the ability to move from plane to plane across the multiverse to carry out Ganador's will. However, there is a limit. You can only use it once per day.
0: But I can do it.
1: <laughs> is there any physical transformation? You, right now, you're just suffused in Ganador's glory. Does it do anything to you? That's up to you.
0: I was thinking about that, but I wasn't like... But I was thinking maybe her like eyes get weird.
1: I would love it if your eyes got weird.
0: Like like all black or something? Yeah. Like spooky?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, very spooky. That just comes with the territory. Yeah. Um, Gondor says, Feel free to tie up any loose
5: ends you have left in this place before you leave, but don't tarry. I would be most disappointed if someone were to snatch away my prize before you got there, and you wouldn't want to disappoint me in your first action as my avatar, would you?
0: Oh, of course not. I can't imagine there's much left in the town for me anyway. I'll just set Azriel up with everything he needs and go.
1: <laughs> that was Austin, not <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Everyone in town is just scrambling through the rubble, trying to find Warden Light or any clue as to what happened. Uh, Theodora, you're in the book in the rubble. Do you want to bust out of there?
0: I do. Busting makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Of course. All right, Theodora, you wreathed in black energy, explode out of the rubble like a shooting star into the sky.
0: Like I'm flying?
1: Yep, you can fly at will, so.
0: I have my book, right?
1: Yep, you have your stuff.
0: So I'm just gonna float up a little bit so nobody can just, like, punch me or whatever.
4: (laughs) Okay, good. Hey, losers. (laughs) I don't really know what to say in response to that right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mardis just sort of speaks up, says, what did you do to light? Where is he?
0: He tried to kill me. He's in a mirror. It wasn't the ideal situation, but it's what I had to do. Now, if y'all will just let me get on my way, uh, maybe don't touch this orb. Uh, You may all hate me, but I'm still going to hold up my end of the bargain and put up a new barrier. I just have to go get
4: Azrael. Zoe's uh, going to point to Dora, do finger guns which is normally not what you'd want in this sort of situation, but that's what I established as Zoe's way of casting a message to people. Mm -hmm. And Zoe is going to telepathically communicate to Dora, I'm sorry, I should never have placed that ultimatum on you.
0: Yeah, I know. (laughs) You should have listened to me. Everybody should have listened to me.
3: I believe while you're off taking care of work here, You forgot to make sure that your plans were secured.
0: What do you mean?
3: If Azrael's who I think he is, he's already dead.
1: Yeah, Robin just pipes up and says, Sorry, dude. He hurt Claudia, so I hurt him.
0: (laughs) You fools!
1: (laughs) You can't call people fools, you Sailor Moon villain!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had to! I mean, you guys realized that that was the only way there was going to be a new barrier, right? I was doing it for you. You ruined your own barrier.
1: Robin says, you seem real broke up about Azrael's death. My condolences.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm not thrilled. But I have I have things I need to do. This mess is yours now. And I'm going to fly away.
3: Bartas is going to say, let me give you a parting gift.
0: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh sure, try.
3: Uh, Martis pulls out his gun, uses a bonus action to cast magic weapon on it, and shoots Dora as she flies away.
4: Can I tr- can can I try to intervene and cast hold person on Martis? What is the save for it? Uh, seven seventeen. Ro- uh, Martis botches on it.
1: So <laughs> Martis goes to shoot Theodora as she flies away, and Zoe, you grab
4: hold of Martis magically. Hold on a second. Yeah, uh, well, that's also a wild magic roll. Yep. 13. Lucky number 13. Well, okay. This one's
1: a little bit of a fucking tonal disconnect. Oh, please tell me like elephant shootout. You saw that's it. No, you guessed it. Wait, what? Wait, what was
4: it? What? Elephant shootout?
1: Yes, as previously established. I swear to god, this we did not plan this, listeners. What? We joked early in this season that Zoe made an elephant appear. So when one got moved off the sheet, I added that as a nod to our improv. So you grab Mardis and an elephant appears, just like the shark appeared earlier. Mardis, are you going to do anything to dodge this elephant that's about to land onto you?
4: Wait, it drops right on top.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, what's, what's elephant damage? I don't know, 40-10. You could use Gust of Wind to push Martis out of the way. You would automatically
4: fail, so you'd get pushed five feet. But just to check, we did establish early on, this is what initially created that air elemental. Are you considering Zoe to be in an emotionally compromised enough position that it, it, it triggers wild magic? That's up to you. No. I'm gonna say no. I, I think I think the elephant was the safe word basically, and uh now now she's 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 lost that mood. When she was into it. It's the fucking elephant just popped out of the sky. So is that why I couldn't I couldn't parse that. Wild magic, yes or no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could you couldn't understand my analogy? No, no, no. Okay. So here's the scene. Theodora goes to fly away. Mardis goes to shoot her. Zoe, for reasons which are unclear to me, goes to stop Martis. That summons an elephant, but before it, it can flatten Martis. Zoe pushes him out of the way with wind, and the elephant lands harmlessly in the rubble.
0: Uh, I'm assuming I noticed all that happened because an elephant just fell out of the sky.
1: Yeah, you turn back, look over your shoulder, and there's just an elephant now.
0: Uh, So I'm going to glare at Martis, and hopefully everybody can see that my eyes are black now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to then turn, look at Zoe and be like, thank you, Zoe. I don't know why you did it. And I would have been fine. But I do appreciate that, and I'll remember that. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> Once Dora's a bit out of the way, the Zoe will like willingly just dis- like disable the whole person, mm-hmm. and she'll immediately turn to uh, Martis and say, "I'm sorry.
3: It's just too many people have been hurt today already." I wouldn't call her a person anymore after what she's done. You saw how she moved. You saw the look in her eyes.
4: Yeah, and I also know the person that's underneath that, and she's still there. And it, look, I think now isn't the time to start picking a fight with somebody. Now is the time to figure out what we're gonna do from here. I mean, this is it, and she's gonna kind of like hold her hand out to like the the you know the general panoramic around us. Uh, you know, there's no barrier. You know, there's no barrier anymore. Those of you who've been wanting to just leave Ilium, they can do it. There's nothing stopping you anymore, and you're free to go on and live your lives. But for those of us who used Ilium as a sanctuary, all the safety it afforded us is gone now. And for a lot of us, there are people out there who want us dead or imprisoned or whatever for whatever happened previously. And for those of us who want to stay here, I think it's important that we do just that. Stay together. Because if we don't if we don't live together, we're gonna to die alone. And I want to give myself a round of applause for sneaking in that lost reference. <laughs>
1: so you give your big speech. The first person to respond is Carrie, who walks out of the crowd and just kind of puts a hand on your shoulder and says, I'm gonna miss you. You uh you're something, kid. <laughs> And she walks over to Claire and offers a hand to shake and says, it's been fun, boss. And Claire shakes her hand and Carrie just walks off. She's out. Um. So after that, like everyone watches her go and there's like some general uncomfortableness as people are like, you know what now? And there's also grace, a girl who nobody really knows frozen in a sphere in the rubble, which is really super weird. Um. And also, you know, not everyone knew Theodora was as, Sinister as she clearly is now. So there's a lot of shock and a lot of uncertainty going around. But after a while, Claire gets up and stands next to you, Zoe, and puts an arm around you and says, Zoe's right. We can still live together. We can still protect this place. We don't need a dumb, smelly barrier. Come on. You, elf guy, you're super magic. I'm magic. Everyone here is magic. And if you're not magic, the magic's on the inside. <laughs> and Ishmael says, Yeah. I'm magic. And he <laughs> he falls over. <laughs> <laughs> and and then everyone like starts murmuring in the crowd like, what are we well, I guess we could well, what about Zoe? And somebody actually it's Winifred who starts telepathically broadcasting at everybody. Zoe. 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 Zoe.
2: Zoe. Zoe, Zoe.
1: So, it's weird if I'm doing it, right? Zoe. But Claire turns to you and says, if Light's gone and we need someone to protect us, I can't think of anyone better than you. I mean, I'm already the cool mob boss. So do you want to do you want to run this place together?
4: Yeah, I want to run this place together. And when she says uh, together, she she looks out sort of to the crowd to everybody. Yeah. And everyone seems pretty psyched. Like you've proven yourself
1: Trustworthy and helpful, and I think everyone basically likes Zoe. There's general agreement in the crowd of about around fifty people, and they're like, "Zoe for mayor." Uh, first, let's unfreeze this girl
4: because that's weird. But after that, <laughs> Zoe for mayor. Also, I'll probably pass out at some point.
3: <laughs> Martis M- is probably going to be mostly staying around around Grace. Zoe will rest
4: her hand on Martis's shoulder and she says we'll make sure that she's safe referring to Grace and then we're going to see if there's anything we
3: can do to get Warden Light back. She's the one that's been making all the mirrors so if anyone knows it's going to be her but I have someone else who I might be able to ask something about maybe get some answers but then Martis just sort of closes his eyes and casts Sending Who are you sending a message to? Uh, Mardis is going to send a message to Elias Valamin. Archmage
1: of Mithrandain, capital Eladrin city in the Feywild, what do you say?
3: Dad, it's Mardis. I'm alive, Lucas is dead. Barrier surrounding Ilium down. Danger's around, but I'm with friends and family. Sorry it's been so long. That's exactly 25 words, by the way. I <laughs> made sure to keep it in order.
2: Well played.
3: Elias Valiman
1: answers, help is on the way. And then the elephant puts its
4: trunk on Martis's shoulder. <laughs> I want Zoe to come out of unconsciousness for just a moment. and She's like, his name's Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> and then back out. All right. So I think everyone, as
1: you guys wait for help from Martis's father to arrive, starts cleaning up the rubble and starts building the town like back to a working order it's going to take some time and a lot of that is probably gonna be like boring bureaucratic stuff we're going to do off screen but we'll get back to these people because they have storylines to finish up as well
2: Mm -hmm.
1: let's cut back to the ninson chapel real quick you guys have patched yourselves up from the fight Uh, iris comes up from the basement and orders the zombies back downstairs and they go back downstairs (laughs) feltari you're conscious now but your eye is smashed
2: Ah, it's fine. It's an excuse to get a cool eye patch down the line. i look even more badass. It's fine. <laughs>
3: <sighs> I should have had a better plan for that, but I'm um, sorry for putting you both at risk like that.
0: Nah, we got it. We fucking smoked their asses.
2: You guys smoked their asses. <laughs> hey, you helped. I... didn't do much, let's be fair. I... You stopped Galen from getting away. Did I... Did I... I sh- tried to do things to him, and then he killed me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you, that, I, I stopped him leaving, if by that you mean I tried to do something useful, and I failed, and he got pissed off and tried to kill me.
0: I feel like you're just really beating yourself up. I feel like you did a good job. <sighs> and Mara's gonna put her hand on Valtari's shoulder. I,
2: I, I, I know you're trying to be nice, but...
0: Whoa I'm not nice
2: <laughs> okay you're trying to be you're trying to be supportive or whatever but you didn't know me before like since I left that mirror bubble rainbow place I've barely landed I've barely landed a single hit on anyone like I Roland knows I used to be a badass i I walked into Ilium guns blazing just like nope fuck it, be the badass, kill everything. I was good. I knew how to pull stuff off and get stuff done, and since we left that place, I just can't seem to do anything.
0: Well, maybe it's like a mental thing. Like, you think that you're supposed to be the way you were, but you have to figure out the way you are now.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Look, here's the the problem for me. I, I worry that you're right. I worry it is a mental thing. Roland, you know when we were in the mirror? Mm hmm. Remember that conversation with, uh, well, with the Veltari that was here last? Uh huh. The Veltari that, uh, very much made a point of telling me the changes I was making to who I am were gonna get me killed. I'm pretty sure today has proved that that Veltari was fucking right about me.
0: That you weren't killed.
2: Actually, Iris speaks
1: up and says, uh, y'all probably want to get out of here. They're gonna come back, the vampires, and they're gonna see what you did, and they can't enter without permission, so they'll probably just burn it down from the outside.
0: Yo, thanks for the zombie backup, Iris. At first, they thought they were gonna attack us, uh, but apparently, you're chill. So thanks for being chill.
1: <laughs> thanks, Mara. Um, thank you for also not questioning their existence. Um... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, Uh, while we're here, what is up with that?
1: Don't worry your head about it. I think you guys need to get out of here. I I can tell them that Roland the terrorist rolled through and killed everybody, and maybe they will spare the building. But
3: y'all are fugitives now.
2: Yeah, well. Well,
3: I had no interest being in this country under a positive light given what's going on around here. So, if I need to be a fugitive, then so be it.
2: Well, it seems pretty obvious that my whole plan of uh roll right up to, to all of Danto's lackeys and go, hey, I'm that badass that killed everyone's not gonna be super convincing, so guess I've gotta work out who the fuck I am now, I guess. <laughs>
0: We'll hold on to that for a little bit because we can probably get to Danto before reports get back to him, I'd hope.
1: Yeah, that's that the race is on. If you guys can get on a boat and get to Akamuros before word reaches, then.
0: Yeah. Also, we really don't have time to waste, so we should probably go anyway. <laughs> you can figure it out on the boat ride.
3: Roland's, Roland's going to scrounge together some gear. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can have your own stuff back if you want, but it's up to you.
3: Plus, he's got to be bringing along one of the Merciful Swords with him, just. Natch. Natch, uh, then he's gonna say to (laughs) Valtari. You should take one of these with you.
2: As has been made abundantly clear, swords aren't really my, uh, my forte, are they?
1: Iris walks over and says, it's gonna be hard enough getting through the town without drawing attention with one person carrying a vampire sword who isn't a vampire. Two is a bit of a stretch, but on the bright side, I have something for you, Horns. And she uh has made you an eye patch.
2: <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> what does it look like? It can be anything you want.
2: I'm I'm picturing one of the ones where it's kind of got like the the sort of three straps off of it. So it's not just like a single piece holding it on, but there's like sort of a you know T section cross strap holding it on as well.
1: Um so you guys ready to go? Anything else you want to do here?
2: Off we go. Let's motor.
1: All right, so you guys are going to head for the port to get on a boat to go to Akamora, so you can confront Count Danto.
3: Yep. Hopefully they get a chance to get some sleep at, in at some point.
1: Yeah, we'll deal with the journey next episode. Uh, the last thing I want to do this week is, Theodora, after you flew away from the ruins of the tower, what did you do?
0: I went to my mansion. Or what was left of it.
1: Yeah, it is absolutely disheveled several of the walls have been caved in at the top floor is like at a total angle as it's halfway onto the first floor Azrael's dead all your skeletons are smashed there's very little here for you now
0: i wanted to do two things i wanted to try and find the skeleton of theodore and see if i can reanimate it with the staff
1: mm-hmm. uh you can find half of theodore
0: can i combine it with another one
1: Uh, Roll medicine to figure out which bones connect to which bones.
0: This bone connects to this bone. 17.
1: Very good. Yeah, you can find sufficient bones to replace the ones Theodore lost when the worm bit him in half. Oh, my boy. And you can raise and control only that one skeleton from here on out.
0: That's fine. He's my boy.
1: That's good. All right, you have Theodore.
0: And I'm going to go look for Mr. Smooches.
1: So you go and look for Mr. Smooch's roll investigation
0: 17 again
1: wow very good so you go into your room where uh, Mr. Smooch's aquarium was uh the aquarium is gone uh it doesn't look like it was damaged or smashed or anything uh no one attacked your bedroom uh but it's it's missing and since you rolled a 17 to investigate you definitely see uh big claw marks on the desk uh as if maybe a troll picked up the aquarium and scratched your desk as he walked off with it
0: That motherfucker. Uh, so Theodore and Theodore are gonna take a a trip to Wolf's house.
1: All right, so you fly over to Wolf's field, um...
0: I'm gonna carry Theodore so he can come with me.
1: Okay, uh, so Wolf... I mean, you fly over Wolf's patch of muddy field for a while. He isn't home right away because he was helping clear some of the rubble, but eventually he shows up.
0: Where's my turtle? Ah! Oh hell. Uh... Hi, the- uh, Theodora. What did you do
1: to Mister Smooches? I I said your house fell up, fell over, so I took him out so it wouldn't get squished.
0: You the one who knocked my house over.
1: That that's fair. I did do that. That was on me. Is he okay? Oh, of course. Uh, I- at first I heard a turtle got melted, and I was very concerned. But it turned out it was just the squid who got turned into a turtle. I don't know. Y'all magic people are weird, but uh the turtle in the thing is safe I, I took him and I made him a little uh pond and he's over there on the other side
0: of that hill do I see him do I see Mr. Smooch's
1: yeah you fly over and you can check and it's like he's made uh basically he's tried to recreate the pool you guys made for Reginald the shark but on a much smaller scale because he's a turtle
0: does he look happy
1: uh animal handling all right <laughs> to assess Mr Smooch's happiness eight uh you can't tell it's a turtle
0: <laughs> i should just like attack you and take him back because he's my special boy but it looks like you're taking good care of him and where i'm going i don't know if he'll be safe don't think that this means i won't be back for him but you can take care of him for now and if anything happens to him i will destroy you uh uh, uh oh okay uh Real quick before you go, what do turtles eat? Fuck, I should have looked this up.
4: What do turtles eat? <laughs> <laughs> they love the shit out of lettuce. I know that.
3: I don't think. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they eat potatoes.
1: Yeah, I tried to give him a tater, and he didn't want it, and I was worried. I was gonna ask around.
0: Oh, they like bugs and fish pellets and small fish. He likes bugs and small fish and sometimes. I give him cheese.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, I can. I'll
0: figure it out. Okay. We have an understanding.
1: Do you want to come down here? Because I can't have the worm eat you because you're real far up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not going to let you eat me.
1: I Okay. It, I mean, it was worth a shot just to ask.
0: <laughs> I just. I feel like I just did something very nice and let you keep my turtle and you're trying to eat me?
1: I'm just. Listen, I just want to be clear that. It's really inconvenient that you can fly and no one else can, and you can shoot like lasers. It's, it's a it's a real bummer for all of us who want to beat you up.
0: Yeah, well, sucks to suck.
1: <laughs> it does. It does suck to suck. Uh,
0: well, bye. I'm just gonna plane shift away.
1: <laughs> all right, so Theodore, you plane shift away to where Gonador wants you to go to finish your mission. You have never been here before, and you have never seen this place before, but the audience has, and Zoe has once when she journeyed through Lady Nim's memories. You find yourself in a dark hallway, lit by torches, patrolled by devils. Oops. And as you walk down this hallway, the big devil with horns and a whip-like tail carrying a trident crusted with old blood... (laughs) opens the door for you and waves you inside because you are expected.
0: Oh, I walk in.
1: You walk into the room beyond the door and you are in an enormous throne room in which there is a throne of bones upon which sits Zarael, archdevil of the first layer of hell.
0: Nice bone throne. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my goodness gracious. She says, thank you. Do you like my blood waterfall as well? I just had it installed.
0: Oh, no, it's lovely. It's very lovely.
1: Uh, I'm glad you think so. It's been a while since I've worked with someone with refined taste.
0: I mean, you see my my good friend here, and I'm pointing to the very decked out Theodore.
1: <laughs> uh, wonderful. I think we're going to get along just fine.
0: I do, too. My name's Theodora.
1: As always, I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our theme music, including Vampire Spanker, an arrangement of Vampire Killer from Castlevania, and Destiny Forgotten, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. Executive Producers for the month of October 2017 are Kerstin Haslinger, Jade, Exstellaris, Joseph Timbrello, The Cult of Gorfinax, Dr. Goatman, Irving Royale, Ken Fersel, Andrew Grothin, Paul Mullen, Levi the Young, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sauvier, Rip Van Winkle, George Soros, Arjun De Koning, Grimlock, John Potts, Dawson Parr, Noah Sudret, Ziphasurus, Elderly Goose, Salad Child, Seraph Stone, Thorsten Gross, Devin Smith, Castor UK, Aki Savalainen, The Paladin's Wife, Florian H., Charm Wilkie, Komano, the Kumenu, Rebecca James, Dominic Bowden, Melissa Nielsen, Don, Eugene T., Connor Reynolds, Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V, Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefson, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bankston, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marzing, Justa Jester, Sevarden Akrisomova, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stuhlfarer, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Giorgio Renna, Harrison and Andrew, Kevin Seidlow, Christopher Sharlow, Jorrit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. You can join this list by supporting the show at patreon.com slash Austin You can also find Chris at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. And you can support Laura by reading her work at kotaku.co.uk. You can support the show indirectly by finding us on places like iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play, and liking, commenting, rating, and subscribing to us. Now that you've made it to the end of these credits, congratulations, and let me let you in on a little secret. I have no idea what's going to happen. This entire campaign has gotten wildly out of control. I thought the final boss was either going to be Warden Light or Lady Nim, and they killed one and they befriended the other, Theodora's evil, everyone's unconscious or taken prisoner, it's real, it's gotten real wild. The wheels came off real fast there folks, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe someday we'll do a season about a group of heroes who fight an unambiguously evil person and then they, they save the day by punching real hard.